time for the Retirement Roadmap Podcast with registered financial consultant, Glenn Mosseller. This is the Retirement Roadmap. Walter Storholt here with you this week alongside Glenn Mosseller. He's the founder and president of Roadmap Financial Consulting, a registered financial consultant, and he has an office on Mears Chapel Road in Greensboro. You can find us online by going to greensbororetirement.com. Even schedule a free consultation there on the website if you'd like. On today's podcast, we're going to talk about explaining it away because Glenn very often we hear people try to make excuses or explain away some of their questionable financial decisions and I want to talk about why some of those excuses usually don't hold water and uh, why it's important to stop thinking about things this way and you know trying to explain away our bad decisions we need to just face the fact we've made the mistake let's fix it and move forward And so one of those situations we often see, somebody wants to start Social Security at age 62. They pull that trigger, and the reason that they give is because, well, I paid into the system for years, and I want to be sure that I get my money back out before it goes bankrupt. The problem is taking Social Security at 62 isn't always the right answer. So why does that excuse not hold water? Well, Walter, like you say, I mean, it needs to be it needs to be something that more substantial than that. And, and, and for most people, because when you're thinking about, you know, whether or not Social Security is going to be there or not, you have to ask yourself the question, well, you know, as, as much as Social Security is part of our of our landscape and, and, and part of our reality as Americans, I mean, that, that's there. And if, and if Social Security suddenly just vanishes and goes away and no benefits are paid out, you have to ask yourself the question, okay, well, what does that mean to everything else that you might have? You know, because at that point, we're living in a whole new world and likely the other things that you have at your disposal might have lost significant value as well. So, you know, you, we've, we've got to think in terms of and, and, and act as if if you are somebody who is who is, you know, close to retirement age and or in already in retirement, you, there's certain basic assumptions that you have to make. And I think one of those is, is that Social Security is going to be there now. Granted that, you know, it, it doesn't have all the problems solved to it. But if you you know, if you're a student of history at all, you look back through time and you realize, hey, there were problems in the 1980s, and you know, and and the and the political forces came together to to fix the you know to fix those things and make Social Security more solvent for a longer period of time. We had the same thing happen in the 90s, and and really, when you look at Social Security and the history of Social Security, it is a far different program than it ever was back in the 1930s when it was first created. So there's no doubt in my mind that things are going to continue to evolve with Social Security, but we have to make the basic assumption that that it's going to be there in, in some form and you know and and most likely that any changes that come down the pike are always in the past when we look at things we say okay well you know what changes have come to social security those changes are made in the past to to people who are younger who have more time to adjust to the idea that okay social security is going to be like that for me versus the folks who are already there or just right at the precipice of making that decision about to when to when to turn that on you know they you know whenever they talk about making changes they will they will always say well we're going to make those changes for the people who are you know, born, you know, before this date. And, you know, you do the math and you figure out, oh, okay, those are people who are who are not right there getting ready to take Social Security or who are already taking Social Security. So when you're, when you're thinking about that, you, want, you don't want to make a decision that's going to limit your future income by taking it early just because you're afraid. You want to be, ta- if you're going to take it early, it should be for some other reason that makes more sense. And, you know, for some situations, it, it, it can make sense. In other situations, it 
it makes sense to delay it all the way to 70. And there are plenty of situations where it makes sense to take it somewhere in between. But again, that's an analysis that ought to be you know, that ought to be taken up by looking at your particulars and you know and where you are in life, when you want to retire. What resources do you have? How can we do that in the most efficient way and make sure that, that, we, that we get more money into your pocket and not end up uh, making some uh, ill-advised decisions? Social Security is certainly one of those areas where people make bad decisions, unfortunately, and uh, have excuses for them. But we also see that when it comes to taking risk. And when someone is taking way too much risk, for their situation with their funds. We often hear, well, you know, I feel like I'm behind in my savings, so I need to make up for lost time. That's like, uh, you know, responding to something, to, to a bad thing by doing a bad thing yourself. <laughs> it's like, you know what I mean? That's like two wrongs don't make a right here. Well, that's right, Walter. And, you know, it's like, it's like saying, well, you know, I'm, I'm way behind. And, and, um, and so maybe I mean, I just, I just need to take more risk. I mean, just if you stop and think about that, if you, if somebody was to tell you that if, if you're in that situation and you're wondering, you know, should you do that? If you take yourself out of that position and just kind of sit as a neutral party and you, and if you had a friend or a relative ask you the same question and they said to you, Hey, you know, I'm, I'm here. And I, you know, I think I, I'm going to need to take more risk because I really need to make up past ground. You're going to look at that and say, well, that doesn't make sense. But sometimes you can get so wrapped up in your own emotions that you, you can kind of explain it away or try to justify, you know, making a bad decision because you think, well, I think it'll probably work out. So I'm going to just go ahead and do it. You know, even though I, I know that I'm going against the odds, well, that doesn't normally turn out very well. And so, you know, you, you really you really have to stop and think and, you know, keep yourself from, you know, from making, you know, those types of decisions. It, it never it never makes sense to gamble. Like I, I've said in the past, you, you don't want to gamble with the grocery money. Right. You maybe, you know, a better answer might be to say, OK, well, how can I potentially save more or, or how, how can I you know adjust my spending or maybe I can downsize my house or maybe there's other places where I can I can you know do to make the numbers work better. Ultimately, you know, you want to look at your whole situation and, and do something that is that is achievable rather than basically, you know, just betting everything, you know, on one number and hoping it all turns out. Yeah, and I think that's a huge conversation that people need to have. But there's kind of a flip side to this as well, Glenn, for every person who's taking too much risk with their money. There's also somebody who's got way too much money in cash. They're in the other end of the spectrum. And they'll explain that away with, well, you know, I lost a lot in 2008. There may be, you know, some of the few that remember the sting of 2008. And they say, I don't want to go down that road again. But they don't realize maybe that they're missing a lot of opportunity for growth if they still have that need, which a lot of people do. Well, no, that's right, Walter. And, and you know, I mean, the, the markets are not the only place, you know, that you can place money. Right. I mean, there there are situations and you know where it makes sense for some folks to to consider the possibility of other of other alternatives. You know, sometimes, you know, it, it makes sense to take a look at the insurance world. There are places where you know, they can they can have money be you know be protected from downside risk and have more opportunity than than just sitting in cash. And sometimes you know that you can have you know future income benefits from that. Maybe you can you know you can have a hybrid product that can also help you hedge long-term care and as well you know earn more interest than you might at the bank. So you know you want to you want to say okay you know hey I don't want to take that risk. 
And yet at the same time, that doesn't mean that your only answer is, you know, is the bank or the credit union. There are other things that are out there. And sometimes, you know, there, there's simply, there are simply products and vehicles that are outside of people's awareness that, you know, if they, if they understood them and they, and they knew a little bit more, they'd say, huh, I didn't know that I could do that. That does make sense for me to, you know, to at, at the very least consider that as a possibility as a place for part of my money. But, you know, if you don't ask the questions or if you if you don't know what you don't know, then you're not likely to, uh, you know, to get to where, you know, you, you can be in a better place without necessarily you know, feel like you're gambling. Yeah. And uh, gambling and retirement aren't two things that should really go together, are they, Glenn? Well, no, Walter, you're exactly right. I mean, that's a that's a recipe for disaster, isn't it? I mean, you know, you, you've got to really make sure that. Hey, I mean, think about it. You know, you're not going to have the ability to go back out and, you know, and get another paycheck and, you know, and have another career. You're at the retirement age. And frankly, you don't want to. Right. I mean, you, you want to be able to enjoy your retirement. So you really want to figure out, hey, how can I organize my my uh, my retirement in such a way that I don't feel like I need to be gambling. And, you know, in most cases, there's ways to do that if you're asking the right questions or you're seeking out the right advice. You know, sometimes there's there's a lot of options that are on the table that you're just not aware of. And I always come back and I, I, I use this phrase, you don't know what you don't know. And that's just really the truth, right? I mean, you know, if it's something that's completely outside of your awareness, you know, you, you can't make a decision about something that you don't that you don't understand or you don't know about. And so, you know, you want to get yourself informed and ask them, you know, higher quality questions and maybe seek out some advice. You know, just because you're seeking out advice or a second opinion doesn't mean you're committing to anything. It simply just means that, hey, I want to learn more and I want to be more educated and more informed to be able to make better decisions. And Glenn, if we're talking about explaining away bad decisions, we also see this happen when somebody has no idea what they're invested in. So they've got just a, a portfolio, a basket of maybe stocks and different products and investments, but they don't really know what's in there. They don't know what their money is doing for them. The excuse usually, and we, you know, that's kind of obvious that that's a bad thing. You should kind of know what your investments are doing for you. The excuse for why they don't know those things is, well, my financial stuff just, you know, it's not really my thing. I'm not a numbers person might be another way that's described. But that's, that's not a really good excuse. That doesn't hold water, does it? No, Walter. I mean, it's something that, I mean, you, you really you really do want to understand your, your plan, right? And that doesn't mean that you're going to understand every single thing about everything that, that's there because obviously, I mean, you're you're not you know, you're not going to be the the company. You know, say, for instance, if you're using an insurance product, you're not going to be somebody who's in that company, you know, managing that that particular product, or you're not going to necessarily be you know an investment manager. But you do want to basically understand the concepts and how they work and how everything comes together in your overall plan. If you're really saying, well, I gosh, I don't I don't really know that somebody else helps me make those decisions. Well, you know, then that's not necessarily a bad thing that they help you make those decisions, but they shouldn't necessarily be making those decisions for you. It should be it should be a team effort and you should really understand what you're doing and how you're doing it. And it should make sense to you. Yeah, absolutely. And one last item I want to throw out there, Glenn, for talking about explaining away bad financial or at least questionable financial decisions will be when somebody doesn't want to leave a broker or advisor, even when they know that they should. They'll often say, well, I've been working with him for a long time, and I don't want to hurt that friendship. Why is that a dangerous mentality to have? Well, Walter, I mean, you know, that there's always a challenging thing, you know, with that, because you're talking to, you know, about relationships and whatnot. 
And really what you really want to be asking yourself is, is that does this advisor have the skill set and the, and the knowledge to be able to help me where I am in life, right? And what is their specialty and what are they, where, where do they work? And, you know, in, in terms of, you know, they, are they work with retirees and, and, the, and the needs of retirees or are they somebody who's more of a general practitioner? That doesn't mean that that your you know your financial advisor is perfect because they're not going to be you know but at the same time you want to know where you know no matter who they are you know there's going to be there's going to be areas where they where they're better at and and there's going to be other areas where they're not as good I mean that's just true of of, of human beings but you want to you want to make certain that hey their focus is retirement and the strategies that come into play. With, like I say, with with tax planning and retirement, with income planning and retirement, with legacy planning to make sure that, you know, your loved ones are taken care of the way that you want them to be. You know, is that advisor oriented to that part of, of life and, and, and to know what and how to how to do to help you organize your retirement and your resources to be as efficient as they can possibly be? If the answer to that is yes, then then you're you're likely in good shape. You know, if, if the answer is no, then certainly you want to be seeking out a second opinion regardless of you know how long you, you may have been with that person and so then you know that then then from that point then you see it you know, hey you know how well is, are things going are you, are you working well together are the communication lines you know good and, and and do you have access to that person can you really sit down and, and have a good conversation maybe you don't understand you know something you know that you thought you did in your portfolio or your plan and you want to get some clarity on it how easy it is it is it to uh, be able to schedule some time either on the phone or or to you know to sit down with that person. Those are the things that you want to be looking at, and just in and seeing that are they working in in your interest, and can they continue to help you going forward through through the rest of your retirement? It really comes down to that, and you know you have to ask yourself: Can you answer yes, or or is the answer no? And then you kind of have the, the you know your answer as to what you what you should do and, and what you should consider. All important things to remember when you're trying to maybe explain away some questionable financial decisions. If you have found yourself doing the same at some point in time in the past, maybe it's taking too much risk, or you've gone to cash and you've missed the run up in the market, and uh, you're kind of kicking yourself from that. If you have those kinds of regrets in your financial life, it's probably a good idea to have a review of your plan with somebody like Glenn Mosseller, who can kind of take a look at what went wrong in the past, how you can put in plans to prevent that mistake again and future mistakes as well. If you'd like to set up that time for a free consultation, you can do that by calling Glenn at 336-291-3535. And you can also find him online at greensbororetirement.com. Look at the bottom of the page. You'll see a little pop-up banner there that says free consultation. You can click on that and schedule your time to meet for an easy one-on-one review of your plan. Find out where you are now, where you need to go in the future as well. GreensboroRetirement.com or 336-291-3535, the number to call. For Glenn Mosseller, I'm Walter Storholt. Thanks for tuning in to this edition of the Retirement Roadmap. We'll talk to you next time.